Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, be encouraged. Just want to share what God has been placed, placed in my heart for some time, and I'm excited, and I just want to continue to try to be a vessel. No matter what we go through in life, the storms arise, and God is still God. Amen? So I want to thank Pastor Joan personally, personally just for being a man. I know Peter gave a testimony about people that are in your life that help you through a tough situation that's a brother to you. And Pastor is like a brother. Chance is like a brother. We can go around the room. These are all my brothers, and we continue to encourage each other and hold each other up. And I'm just really, really today grateful. And, and he already announced my new dad. Elder Williams, amen, thank you, welcome to the family. You know, we always joke, that's Elder Pappy right there, that's Elder Pappy. We love you to death, and I hope we demonstrate our love to you. And, and to my brother, I know you guys never met him, but that's my brother, my oldest brother, Philip Gordon, right there. Amen. His wife, Kim, that came out, y'all know them. Just say them, them dudes right there. But then my brothers, you know, we encourage each other. It's good to have saved family, amen? And just to all my family and my friends here, we just want to get into the word. Petey, you know, we just love each other, all of us. You know, glad you toned it down today. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah, amen. Let us pray, let us pray. Father God in heaven, we glorify you, Lord, and we thank you so much for just for who you are. Lord, you continue to just sow in us even when we are broken. Lord, you are an awesome God to just love us. You continue to encourage us through your word, through the still small voice to keep going, Lord, to don't stop. No matter what's in front of you, just hold on to God's unchanging hand. So, Lord, today I'm here as a vessel, Lord, and I just want to speak clearly, Lord, so I ask that your anointing, your Holy Spirit, your power, Speak through me today, Lord, as we go through storms of life, Lord. I just thank you, Father, once again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I'm going to be reading to you from the book of Acts, um, the 27th verse. And I have a few verses that I'm going to jump to. Uh, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 27. We're going to start at verse 9. We're going to go 9 through 11. And then we're going to go 15. Then for our text, 21 through 26. You can stand at the reading of God's word. And it reads, right there. Since much, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Since much time has passed, and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over. Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and in the ship, but also our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And now verse 15. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. 
running under the lee of a small island called Tarda. We managed with difficult, difficulty to secure the ship's boat. Then I'm going to go to uh, verse 21 through 26 before our text. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail to Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God, of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. And for a title, you may be seated. Not even the storm can compete with God. Just cast it all over and you still can be saved. Amen. A story about Paul, he had to appeal to Caesar to prove his innocence, but more than anything, to prove that Christ is Lord to all those who believe. Paul was spoken to by the angel that he would go to Rome. So no matter what transpired, Paul was going to make it to Rome. He went before Festus, in which he, Festus found no reason to put Paul to death. But because of the Jews, they began to scheme and try to get Paul to come and stand trial back in Jerusalem. But the, the whole key to the story, they wanted to murder Paul because of his testimony about somebody that died on that cross, and that's Jesus Christ. It wasn't about Paul. It was about what he preached and what he believed. And so we have to be, he told them to just be careful, just take heart. And so as we look at this text, the first point I want to make is you need to take sound advice. Do we listen to the pastors? Do we listen to people who give you real good sound advice about life? He said, after the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves and the damage and lost. Tell somebody you should have listened. It seems, we, you know, we get kind of full of ourselves. We get full of ourselves when we think we're in full control. Amen? Amen. I mean, just tell the truth. We swell up with pride. All it takes, though, is a pinhole of trouble to humble you. It don't take much to humble us, but that's what happened in this story. So look at somebody. When you're full of pride, look at somebody and say, pour that cup out. We can't drink that cup of pride. Because the book of Galatians 6 and 7 says, do not be, a, be deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, he will also reap. Not only will you be held accountable, but those around you. So we have to be careful what type of seed we plant in life because there is, will be a reaping. Amen? And then those on the ship, they began to take drastic measures. I don't know about you, but they began to throw the cargo overboard. 
They begin to throw the ship's tackle overboard. They begin to tie ropes around the ship so it don't fall apart. Anybody take drastic measures in your life? You begin to take drastic measures, but look, you didn't do one thing. You didn't call on the name that's above all names. He comes so that we may have life and that more abundantly, but he didn't tell you he wasn't going to go through trouble. We're going to go through some troubles in this life. But I want to ask you one thing. Are you anchored to your stuff? Are you anchored to your possessions? I don't know about you, but we need to be anchored to Christ. Christ won't lead you astray, but he will lead you in the right direction. Amen. It might not be the direction you planned in your life, but it'll be the direction that he planned for your life. Amen. It's his will be done, not your will. But if we just take counsel and let God work in your life, he will never leave you nor forsake you. The psalmist said, I'll never seen the righteous forsaken or my seed begging bread. But you have to ask yourself, have you planted a seed? Have you planted a seed? What do you plan on reaping in this life while you're here? The preachers say all this vanity chasing after the wind. I ain't never seen nobody catch a handful of wind. Anybody in here caught some wind before? I didn't say break. I said catch. Hallelujah. But isn't it something when you depleted all your options, when you depleted all your money, when your provisions is getting weak and all hope is lost, now you want to give your undivided attention to the Lord. Amen. Oh, we'll come running to the altar then. We'll come get that quick fix. You know, you, you know the spiritual band-aid that we think will last? I don't know about you, but if you wear the band-aid, it's coming off. You're, you're exposed back to the world. And so that's why God came that we may have life. He will protect you from you. Point to yourself. He'll protect you from you. Hebrews 12 and 7 says, endure hardship as discipline. Anybody want to be disciplined? God's discipline will stick. No matter where you go, you can't go nowhere because God's discipline will stick. Kind of like my mom's belt used to stick. Anybody been disciplined? I always wanted to tell me, man, that, that belt, it just... For some reason, it, it, it was like a glue or something stuck to it. You know, when it come down on you, it kind of stick, you know, so you can move, but he, he'll hold on to you, you know. So, you know, I mean, that's how, hey, look, that's how I found out I had Indian in me. Anybody know y'all had Indian? No, really, that's how I found out. I, you know, mom gave me a good one. You know, I went to school, teacher looking at me, she's like, Chris, sit down. I said, How? How I'm going to do that? That's how I found out I had a little Indian in me. How? Y'all act like y'all ain't Indian. I'm Indian. I don't know about you. Pay attention to the signs. When you're in the storm, it's clear. You can tell. You can see the clouds are brewing. You can see the, the whole scene change. God is not to be mocked. He'll show you. If you just listen and look, open your eyes. We're crowded. We're crowded by life. We blame a lot on the enemy. It's not his fault. He has no power over us. 
when we allow him to dictate our lives. We want to be seen. I don't want to be seen no more. You know, I used to be you know, all the gold chains, about five rings on my finger, you know, my, my, my button down to the navel cord. You know, I'm showing all my, I don't know if I had chest hairs then, but I was trying to be cool because I wanted to be seen. But now, the Chris now, I don't even know where those rings are. You know what? I never thought about that. I need to go look and see that. You can melt that gold, can't you? Get a little something for that, man. Just maybe think about something, man. Let me go and look for that. I want to say one thing. Until you relate properly with God, you won't be proficient with anyone else. Until you relate properly with God, you will never be, be proficient with anyone else. I don't know how to treat you. If I'm not connected to God, it's all about Christopher. I don't know how to treat you. It's not my fault. It's pride. I think I'm doing the right thing for me. But this gospel, y'all, that Paul preached, this gospel that they wanted to destroy him for, it's the opposite. It's humility involved. It's all about loving my brother as myself. It's all about teaching the good news. Yeah, it's going to change some lives. Look at the Pharisees. It changed the game. Oh, no, we got to kill him. Did you hear what I said? Christian folks want to murder a man for preaching Jesus. It's still happening today, so be careful. You preach this Jesus right there, the, the enemy, the storm will arise. But have heart. God, the storm, cannot compete with our God. He's too big. Look at somebody say, my God is big. My, my God is strong. We got to encourage you. To, is your God mighty? My God is mighty. And the next point of uh, encouragement, uh, hope is among you. Look at somebody and say, hope is among you. Um, Paul, being the, the man he is, it's good to be around sanctified folks that ain't playing church. It's good to be around sanctified folks that ain't playing church. Paul wasn't playing church, y'all. When it came to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it was all in. Because of the king and kings and lord of lords, the men on the ship had been given a new lifeline. You know, you was going to die out there on that, on that sea. But just think, when somebody comes to you and says, man, take heart, not, not one of you will be lost today. Anybody in a storm today? We, we go through spiritual, spiritual storms, physical storms. You was in a storm. You gave your testimony. But you held on. You dropped your anchor where it needed to be, right there with the Lord. He held on. There's storms. There's storms. It's cancer. You heard the testimony. Those are storms that can be defeated and will be defeated by our God. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, yet now I urge you to take heart in verse 22, that there will be no loss among you, but only the ship. You know, this body going to go back to where it came, right? What is your destination while you're on the ship? Where you want to end up when it's all over? 
when it's said and done? What, what is your legacy you're going to leave when it's over? What are they going to talk about at your memorial? What are they going to say in the two minutes? Are they going to avoid the point that uh, that was a man of God? Or are they going to try to make up or, or why I say test the lie? It's all evident. God is not to be mocked. It's going to come to a certain point in time where they're going to find out who you are, who you really are. There's always a calm in the storm, though. Yeah, there's always a calm. I was reading about ships. Um, when the storm arises, you know the safest place for a ship to be? Out in the middle. You know why? Because you won't crash into anything else. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. You know when this storm, you know what out in the middle for us is? Go in that quiet room and get on your knees and begin to call out on the name that's above all names. You got to get away from people sometime when you're going through a storm. You can't share your story with everybody. He set it up for us. He said, come on, come on, get your, get your room, go in your room and pray. That's the greatest weapon we have is to pray. It's too much, but even in deep water, God got us. Look at them. They casted everything over. Everything. The food gone. You know, the bait gone so we can't catch no food. So we're done in. But you can stop and drop the anchor in a storm in a ship. You know why? It can stabilize the ship. You might be in deep water, but you can still drop the anchor, right? It'll keep you from capsizing. How many of you know when I dropped the anchor on the Lord, he kept me from capsizing? I'm going through the worst storm in my whole life. But guess what? This right here stabilized me. I kept my eyes on him, even though I wanted to stray to the left and to the right. I listened to people, the bad company, the everything, the bad advice. But I listened to the Lord. Hallelujah. How you know that he kept me stabilized in the Lord? I'm knocked down, but I, I'm not knocked out. Oh, yeah, you, you, you go through some things, and, and, and people won't see what you see. They'll, they'll tell you about, oh, you should do this, you should do that, but that ain't what God is telling me. I've been staying on the main line. I don't care what happened. I've been trying to fight. I've been trying to fight. Where were you when the fight was going on? Where were you when I needed a hand to shake? Where were you when I needed a hug? But right here, behind your back, and you faithful. But that's how the enemy works. I can't get him, but I can go through him to get him. It's called a workaround. You know, in, at work, you know, we, we got the computer breakdown. You have a little system crash. You're not going to go through there the normal way, but they call it a workaround. You find another option. You find another avenue to get that thing right. But guess what? It's only temporary. It's only temporary. So God keeps us from ourselves. But look, if you're not rooted and grounded in this, you'll fall for some things. You'll believe it all. And then you'll be out in that storm, and where are your friends now? Because they can't handle your weight. You can't even handle your weight. How can somebody else handle your weight? The Word of God, he says, come unto me who are heavy laden, 
He said, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. And I took my time to learn of him. I cast my cares on him, y'all. And that's what you should do today. Amen. Continue. You, we, some, everybody in here going through some type of storm. Stabilize it. Drop your anchor in the Lord. And I guarantee you he'll get you through. He'll get you through. You can't travel far enough where God is not in control. Paul worshiped in his life, and it was a personal, sold-out relationship. I could just hear him when he wrote 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. It's kind of like pay it forward. I comfort you. You comfort him. You comfort him. God's design is perfect. His perfect will for us to live life in that more abundantly. But he don't want you living that secular life. You know, I try to talk to people, you know, about this, this word. They think the Old Testament, oh, no, that was then. No, he came for that it might be fulfilled. But we still had accountable because they were under the law, so they had to specifically tell them, don't go put them tattoos on your body. You represent me. How can you come to pray for somebody and you fully, you know what I mean? You're taking attention away from me. It's real simple stuff. And if you need to go to Leviticus, I think it's 19 and 28. It's clear. It's clear. But everybody won't take well. But we have to support the weak. We really do. No matter what happens, we really have to be there for the weak. Those who are strong in the faith and understanding, we still can't knock them down. Build them up. But they're held accountable to the word also. Paul knew what affliction was like. So it was easy for him to comfort those who were on the ship. He encouraged those who were on the ship. He gave hope to those who were on the ship. And just so you know, there was 200, three score, and 16 men on the ship. And let me do my little mathematics now. You got 200, three squared squared by five. Man, let's bring that over under, divided by five, 16, go by the pi. I think it was about 276 men on the ship, hallelujah, that was saved because of the man of God. Oh, you could say amen on that. There's a lot of people saved because of the man of God, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, don't try to use that mathematic that I use because I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> Though they were full of seawater, I thank the Lord they were covered by the living water. John 4.10, y'all remember Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you 
living water. The water that gives everlasting life. Not even the storm. Look at somebody say, not even the storm can compete with God. So cast it all over and be saved. Hallelujah. And my last point, I'm going to leave. I'm trying to get in and out. Living life without God. I want This is something that you might want to write down. Living life without God is like scooping sand with a fork. You will never accomplish much. Living life without God is like scooping sand with a fork. You won't accomplish much. And my last point of encouragement, verse 24, and he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Look at somebody and say, don't be scared. The ultimate reason for Paul's deliverance to Rome was his testimony about Jesus. But Paul's presence assured everyone's deliverance on that boat. Shouldn't that be the reason for our hope today? The testimony about Jesus Christ? To trust him at his word. Do you trust him at his word? When all is dark, when all seems to be lost, do you call him? He will show up. He's a God that cannot lie. The more I look at that, look at this situation, it's a picture of the Christian life. For those who trust him, he will be saved, but will not always be an easy journey. Anybody had an easy journey? Straight line? I don't know about you, but this road has been bumpy because my mind, my mind had to be transformed by the renewing. You have to cut out the world. I, the world was, it was all right in a sense of the flesh. You satisfy flesh. Come on now. A lot of things was out there, you kind of liked it. But the word says you will never gratify the lust of the flesh. But I couldn't hear that. I was blinded and I was mute. And so I kept trying to gratify the lust of the flesh. You know, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, all of that. But why do you think he wrote it? <laughs> because he knows you can't do it. Another thing, why do you think Jesus came? Because he knew we couldn't do it. Why do you think he shed his blood? Why do you think his blood was so important to us? Oh, they tried animal blood. Why couldn't the animal blood get us through? It only atoned. But you know why? Because an animal don't have a conscience of sin. But a man have a conscience. Somebody asked me, so Jesus came, he didn't sin? No, he, he didn't sin. Why? Because he had holy blood in him. He didn't come through the seed of a man. So he can walk on this earth without those things transpiring in his life. Because he was God. Because he walked as God in the flesh. It's almost like God came down and stood before men and felt what we felt. He shook our hands. He laughed with us. He cried with us. He lifted us up. He, 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 he brought the dead back to life because he loved us. Propitiation. 
salvation, to save the nation. He did it all on Calvary's cross. But we stand here today, we go through storms. I don't know about you, but I know who to grab a hold on. Because I believe God when he came and said, I came to set the captives free. I believe God when he sent his one and only son to die on a rugged cross for you and me. I believe God said, come on, son. I know you're going through a storm today, but hang on in there. Hang on in there. I am with you right now and forevermore. I don't know about you, but my destination is heaven, is my goal. He said narrow is a way that leads to life, but only a few going to find it. But I don't know about you. I was on that wide road, but God changed my life. And now today I can call his name. I never in my life believe I'd be standing in the presence like Paul Spreading the gospel, the good news, sharing to those less fortunate than myself. But I'm able only because of his power, the power of the Holy Ghost. Anybody got the Holy Ghost in their life today? I tell you right now, he'll change you. He'll change you. When you get down, when people talk about you, when they stab you, when they step on you, I tell you right now, he say, I lift you up. I lift you up. Don't worry about a thing today, folks. Don't worry about a thing today, folks, because you're going to go through a storm. But you hold on to God's unchanging hand. God wants us to be bigger than what we are. We're small sometimes because we think small. I'm thinking big. I want to be in heaven. Anybody want to be in heaven? Do you really want to go to heaven? That's our goal. Nothing else. Yeah, you accumulate stuff. You accumulate things, but those things will be here when you're gone. Your, your kids will split your money up the way they want to do it. So we can't hold fast to those types of things. We just got to keep living for the Lord. Living for the Lord. Jesus said something in his word. He said something, and I'm going to let you go. And this passage just helped me. He said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Because I was struggling and why, my, you know, why things ain't going right. I'm trying, Lord, and I want my family to come. And be. He said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He said, I come to bring variance against a father and a son, against his mother and a daughter, against your mother-in-law and your daughter-in-law. He said in his own words, your biggest foes will be of those of your own household. So that gave me understanding, like, God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you, but I'm going to keep praying for my family. I'm going to keep praying for my friends. My doors open even at the job. They come in, they sit down, and we pray silent, only because God is taking over my life. The enemy almost had me where I was going to leave New St. Bethel because I, don't, I just don't like mess. I don't want to bring mess here. I'd rather go down the street somewhere so you won't have to be dealing with the mess. Because the word of God is clear. He says six things the Lord hates, but seven is an abomination. And those who cause discord amongst the brethren, that's an abomination. And I don't want to be an abomination to God's house. This is a house of prayer. And I only know one way, and that's just to love on the Lord. And so I thank you, and I'm here not for me, 
but to be healed by God today. Today I'm going through a healing process. And now I'm ready to get back out on the grind for the Lord, not for myself, but for God Almighty. And y'all keep praying for my family. Because greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. Look at somebody and say, God is bigger than your storm. Amen.